Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. We're opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Time for America's Return, this Tuesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. I hope everybody out there is safe and sane. Now, Denmark is among the happiest countries in the world, according to the World Happiness Report. Woohoo, man. I didn't know they had such a thing. The Danes weather their lengthy dark winters by gathering with friends to share a warm drink or a gracious meal. The word they use for the feelings associated for those moments is hygie. Hygie helps them offset the impact of enjoying less sunlight than their counterparts at lower altitudes. By circling around a simple table with loved ones, their hearts are nourished. The writer of Hebrews encourages gathering together as a community. They acknowledge that there will be difficult days with challenges far more significant than the weather, requiring those who follow Christ to persevere in faith. Though Jesus has made certain our acceptance by God through our faith in the Savior, we may struggle against shame or doubt or real opposition. By gathering together, we have had the privilege of encouraging one another. When we're sharing company, we're able to spur one another on toward love and good deeds, which bolsters our faith. Gathering with friends doesn't assure us of a ranking on a happiness report. It is, however, something the Bible offers as a mean to bear us up in faith under the common frustrations of life. What a wonderful reason to seek out the community of a church or to open our homes with an attitude of Danish simplicity to nourish one another's hearts. You know the drill, folks. Father God, you are a loving God. Thank you that we can encourage other believers to be encouraged and be encouraged by them when we gather together. In your son's Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the doldrums in the darkness of the winter, you can, you know, gather together and that can bring some happiness, but the Danes didn't put in that recommendation vitamin D. <laughs> no so, doubt about it. So and I'm telling one. you, Tim, I don't know about you, buddy, but, you know, driving around town, you know, you got a, a good car. Okay, it's got a good heater, man, but it has been so cold this last week. You could drive 20 miles in a round trip around town, and it's still cold inside your car. It's still cold, yeah. Well, and unfortunately, my vehicle that I've been driving, you know, for quite a long time, actually, the heater didn't work for like two years. Oh, my goodness. You know, I didn't drive long distance a whole lot, so it's just like, all right, scrape it off, wipe off the inside, and roll with it. But, you know, I flushed the heater core. Obviously, folks, if you're heater's not working, you can do your heater core and thermostat. That's another thing to get your heater working again. So you're getting good heat in your vehicle, but yeah, I still should probably just replace that heater core because it does not get very warm. But you know, this is interesting stories. I wanted to talk about Sunday's newspaper a little bit because there was the big story that they wanted to talk about was legal weed turns 10 in oh, Washington yeah. 10th State. anniversary, you bet. And then the next story they thought was most important was who's running for mayor this mm-hmm. next year. And of course, it will be important, but we'll have to actually see who steps up to the plate. But uh, legal weed turning 10, and, and the, the thing that basically grabbed me about this was they didn't cover the fact that there was supposed to be all this money for education and money for this and money for that. They didn't cover all the, the tens of millions of dollars have been brought in by states that have legalized weed and the fact that the states that legalized weed have higher drug addiction and higher homelessness now. Right. But they also didn't. Where did the money go? Where, well, where did all the did, money go? I what thought, do you think they did? Do you think maybe they told one of those lottery lies? 
Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, you, yeah. you see all this. Your, all your money that you're spending, you're gambling away, or it goes right into the schools. Well, you saw yeah, this. Bull honky. You saw this new money coming in from the uh, weed taxes that are extremely high, and they still raised our taxes. Right. You know, so our taxes continued to go up, even though they got all this revenue out of weed. So it was a lie that weed was going to solve the tax revenue problem. So, so that was one big thing. But what really grabbed me, the biggest thing on Sunday's newspaper wasn't even the news. It was a... At the bottom yeah. of the front page. Right, at the bottom of the front great page. great big, what was it, a two-inch high or three-inch high yeah, uh, well, uh, advertisement? And in bigger lettering than anything else in the newspaper, including the Spokesman Review's name, Camp Hope Must Close. Uh, it says, it is cruel to allow 200 plus unhoused to suffer cold and unsanitary conditions. And this ad was done by the East Spokane Business Association. And so, of course, that Camp Dope is right in the middle of the East Spokane Business Association's area. Right. And, you know, they probably are. And didn't they just get promised another $5 million? Yeah, the Camp Dope did. So Man, I'm telling yeah, Lisa you, Brown, we are like throwing money hand over fist at this yeah, thing. Yeah, Lisa Brown of the uh, Department of Commerce promised $5 million more million to Camp Dope, but not to the ESBA. Now, the ESBA is the, the business association for that area, Mike. Yeah. And, and the thing about them, and I know you've met with them on a sure. number of occasions. I've been to a few of their meetings, and they're not really political in nature. No. If anything, they might be left-leaning. Right. And so they might be compassionate, but I think they're also looking at their own interest because this Camp Dope has probably not just hurt their businesses because of theft, vandalism, garbage, things like that, but people not wanting to visit the area. Exactly. Because of the the kind of things they've run into. And, you know, we, it was a while back we talked about Fred Meyer and Fred Meyer came out, uh, what, a couple months ago and said they did not plan on closing due to all the theft and everything. They hired off-duty police officers. They did a lot to ramp up their security over there in the East Spokane business association area right so i'm wondering if they helped fund these ads could very well be it's my understanding that they've lost millions yes they have and they've also lost shoppers because there's just a problem in in the parking lot people being harassed by uh you know drug addicted people that are living at camp dope or who've coming to and from camp dope for their supplies if you will mm -hmm. and you know so lots of theft there at the at the fred myers but now from what i understand the fred meyer is now threatening that they may have to close if this continues oh you bet i'll tell you you know they the businesses can only withstand so much you know, not only do you have to couple the amount of revenue that ends up getting lost here, but it's the customer base, too, that actually contributes to driving that revenue. And you're absolutely right. I've, I've heard from many, many people who used to go down to Fred Meyer and, and shop there pretty exclusively. Not anymore, man. They ran into too many tweakers. That is absolutely correct. And I'll tell you, you know, it's getting really, really bad. I understand up around that north side Costco right now, too. Yeah. Because up, up around uh, the backside of that store. Or there's a lot of campers and things to that yeah. effect going on up there. And I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference, uh, you know, looking at the front of the store because I mean, that parking lot is just packed. jam packed yeah. all the time. Well, but they have other you know? problems that, that kind of, you know, it causes problems. I don't think that Costco's anywhere near the Fred uh, Meyer level. Uh, yeah, not nowhere close. I yeah. mean, it's, it's a fraction of the amount of problems they have there, but it's a major problem if you're, yeah. you're talking about feeling for the businesses and, you know, 
the government shut down businesses for long periods of time yeah, just in did. the recent years because of, you know, a sickness, yeah, right? They did. But they didn't shut down the homeless camps. Even though there's tons of money there, it's interesting to me almost that we haven't had developers. I know that we've got Jules Helping Hands who have stepped in and wanted to try to make some money and, and pretend to help the homeless situation, but tons of money dumping into this homeless situation. You'd think there would have been a developer that said, geez, you're going to spend, you know, half a million dollars per homeless person in this homeless camp by the end of the year, I'll build apartments for you. <laughs> Big time, man. I mean, we just keep seeing money thrown at this thing. It's I don't know what dollar amount we're at at this point, but you know, maybe we won't do anything until it's over a trillion dollars. Kind of like the mistake I made talking about the Pentagon and their, <laughs> you know, yes. it's a matter lo- of losing fact. a million dollars. We're, we're going to be looking back on this homeless situation saying, where did that trillion dollars go? <laughs> no kidding. And then we're going to find out like with the uh, Pentagon that it wasn't just a trillion dollars that I was wrong about last week. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that you were wrong because I'll tell you, you know, over the years, Tim, you just got to know the Pentagon has been made the culprit in losing, you know, a one million dollars here, a two point million uh, or excuse me. One trillion over here, two point two trillion over there, two trillion over here. I mean, you hear these numbers, right? And it's like, just, that, like the eighty-five or whatever billion dollars worth of equipment just left yes. in Afghanistan. Yes, yeah. I mean it's really easy to talk about, but if you try to sit down and think through it, it just is mind-boggling. What kind of volume we were talking about? It, yeah, the only thing worse than uh, the spending on supposed homelessness or drug addiction would be the Pentagon. Yeah, you bet. Well, here's your story here, so we can go ahead and correct what Tim ended up misspeaking on. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was a trillion. There you go, man. But the story, and I'm just, I didn't catch this recent news. I just knew that in pre- previously it was a trillion dollars, but now, oh, yeah. it's, now it's over it, two. Oh, yeah, you betcha. Here you go. Pentagon admits it can't account for $2 trillion again. That's in the headline, the word again. Again. Okay. In typical Groundhog Day fashion, the Pentagon has filed yet, or excuse me, has failed yet another audit. Yet, for the most part, nobody seems to care in the media or government. Boy, that is for sure, because, you know, I mean, this stuff had to come through me, through my underground feed. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right. Well, why why do they have to care about an audit? They're untouchable. You know. um, Oh, I know. Well, you know, Eisenhower said it. Kennedy said it. Who knows? Kennedy was probably killed over it. The military and industrial complex well but right? it's, it's not just the military industrial complex it's the bureaucratic big government complex and you know i talking a while back with someone about a presentation that a congressman put together and he was basically laying out you know the arguments over you know the budgets and continuing resolutions and oh a government shutdown well in a government shutdown it's like 12 percent of the government shuts down the congress made it a law years ago that there was a certain group of obligations that Congress can't vote on. They just continue on regardless of Congress, which is unconstitutional in my view. They got to, they got to spend the money. They're the power of the purse. If they don't make votes on it, money can't get spent, but that's not the case. They said a long time ago, this is an obligation and government has to spend this money. And it's not just... Hence the introduction and creation of what they call the continuous resolution. Continuous resolution. But even without the continuous resolution and they do a government shutdown, a majority of the federal government spending still gets spent. They still do it. It's a small number of things, pet projects, you know, things that are really political hot button issues, like 13% of what they spend is the big argument, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have the Pentagon 
Saigon. I mean, Social Security, Medicare, all those things, those are all obligations that whether they vote to pass a budget or not, it continues. Right. And But so is the Pentagon. And so Pentagon, knowing it's untouchable, they don't care where the money goes. You bet. Now, when you fail year after year, it becomes the rule versus the exception to fail basic standards. The recent failure marks the fifth year that the Defense Department has failed to meet audit requirements set by Congress. That's right, dear readers and listeners. Your former War Department can't fully account for all of its assets. So how bad was it? If you ask the lead money man of the five-sided building, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it's only a couple of trillion dollars worth of stuff that we can't find. That's not bad at all, is it? Unreal. Of the 27 agencies audited within the Department of Defense, only seven received a passing grade. Out of 27, only seven got a passing grade. To put some dollar amounts to that, only 39% of the $3.5 trillion in assets are accounted for, leaving a deficit of about $2.2 trillion in assets that are currently unaccounted for. Unreal. Well, we have to count for a time, so we're going to we're gonna have to take a break, and we're going to be right back. A little bit more on the Pentagon and a whole bunch more news to cover. Don't go anywhere. A lot of your beef comes from Brazil, Africa, and <clears throat> China. Bet you didn't know that. The Spokane County cattlemen know that, and they are the ones advocating for country of origin labeling on the meat that we buy and feed to our families. Find them on Facebook right now. That burger you just got at your favorite drive through has over a thousand different DNAs in it. Well, you may want to consider buying from local producers. And in other words, folks, buy locally. The Spokane County Cattlemen are on Facebook and are there to advocate for you, educate and inform you on what's happening in the global and local meat industry. With today's Corona-controlled society, the shopping restrictions and possible rationing, making sure that your family doesn't experience food insecurities should be our top priority. You can do your part. Be secure. Buy from local growers and producers. The Spokane County Cattlemen know this and are here to help you. Find them on Facebook right now. To our Spokane area veterans and their families, if you haven't checked out the Hilliard Veterans of Foreign Wars Post 1474, located at Diamond and Regal Street in Spokane, you gotta be there or be square. The Hilliard VFW is there to assist you and yours with all your VA questions. Give them a call at 487-3784. Weekly bingo, cards, bowling, dart tournaments, and meal specials are just a few more things that the Hilliard VFW offers. Stop on by, give them a call, 487-3784. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Time for America's Return this Tuesday episode here on Right Spoke now, Perspective. And I'm telling you something, Tim. It is time. I don't know what's going on with the Donald, with Donald Trump at this particular point. But boy, I'm telling you what, he must have unleashed a couple of statements that have just got people just whole hot fired mad man i'm well, telling you yeah. apparently he hosted some kind of a dinner over in his florida oh, right. situation there and now they're talking about anti-semitism and racism well, and kanye west well, and putting the constitution on hold for 24 hours well, what yeah <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure about all this stuff i think that there's a lot of just hype that's uh involved i think so here. too but i i think donald trump is definitely diminishing his you know ranks as far as people People that want to support him he's kind of getting off there into the weeds a long way and and should probably maybe do some polling and talk to everyday americans that are not kanye west fans 
Yeah, because Kanye West is uh, hanging out with a weird group of people these days. Apparently, he even went on a show with Alex Jones and was talking about how he was a fan of Hitler. Oh, my goodness. Now, And this is uh, Kanye West. So, you know, he kind of creeped his way into, you know, mainstream conservative circles, you know, trying to say he supported Donald Trump. And so he's a famous rapper, but now I think he's going to be kind of pushed off to the side as a famous person that kind of lost their mind. You bet. So interesting stuff. Yeah, I think Trump should definitely vet people before he has lunch with them. But Kanye has definitely gone off the deep end. and But the, a lot of Hollywood does. So it's not, not anything different than a lot of Hollywood. The power gets to their head or the drugs do, whichever one. <laughs> anyway, this Pentagon story does continue. We're about through it, folks. But this is just so mind-blowing of how, you know, government entities feel about American taxpayer assets well, and, that's and why, dollars, And that's man. why we're talking about it's time for America to return this Tuesday because, you know, we believed in rule of law, not rule yeah. of men. We believe, I mean, government has to be accountable in the same way that its citizens do. And now it seems like people get into government and they are now untouchable. They can yeah. never be held accountable regardless of how corrupt they are, regardless of how much they hand over money to their friends and their families from the public trough and they can just raise our taxes and they'll get reelected again, which we can continually see people vote against taxes, reelect the same people. You know, so there's so many problems in America that, yeah, we got to return to some kind of sanity. How can you have $2.2 trillion missing again? Yeah, no kidding, man. Now, it can be challenging to conceptualize numbers this big in an agency that takes up over half of the discretionary funding in our country. To break down a bit of what we mean when we refer to assets, this includes everything from the below list, which isn't all-encompassing. We're talking about 2.9 million military personnel, equipment and weapons, 19,700 aircraft, 290 ships, Buildings and supplies spread out over 4,860 installations and sites worldwide. The audit also encompasses activities like the DOD healthcare system, which provides Medicare for 9.6 million active duty retirees and their families. Suppose you've never been to a military base. In that case, they are like small cities with their own police departments, schools, transportation systems, and housing structure. So these audits don't just cover our wartime assets, such as bullets and warheads, but it also covers the department's personnel care structures, such as beans and beds. So not knowing where over 60% of their assets are doesn't just speak volumes about the DOD's ability to take the fight to the bad guys, but also their ability to take care for the American warfighter. For those with a long memory, this kind of outrageous irresponsibility isn't new. Readers and listeners may recall a very interesting press conference on September 10th, 2001, when Donald Rumsfeld said that the Pentagon couldn't account for $2.3 trillion. And that happened back in 2001, ladies wow. and gentlemen. Wow. So you start adding the, those numbers up, and that's a good chunk of our national debt, folks. Yeah, 
big time, ladies and gentlemen. And but you know, there's other things. You know, you keep adding up. Like we jumping off into this conversation, the the homelessness issue. Remember, we were talking about Lisa Brown dedicating another five million dollars oh, to yeah. the to Camp Dope. Well, statewide, they were looking at it. I wanted to dig into that number really quick because they were talking about allocating forty five million dollars to provide housing and services to people living in state owned right of ways in five counties. So they realized that forty five million wasn't going to be enough. So now it's a hundred and forty five million. Oh my word! So one hundred and forty five million, and you start counting the numbers of homeless individuals. And yeah, we're as a taxpayer, we're spending more on each homeless individual. I mean, this than is kind the of average this, citizen yeah. earns in a year. Well, you remember, I mean, you know, years ago, we also covered the fact that they, you know, government was incentivizing job creation and things to this effect, right? And they oh, continue yeah. to do that. Well, that's what the Department of Commerce used to do is incentivize yeah. job creation. Now exactly. they're incentivizing drug addiction. And you know, it was it was almost every day you would hear about a certain company that has come together and they are using a Department of Commerce grant and it's going to create five jobs okay right right, right. You know, or whatever 20 million dollars creates five jobs right. woohoo well there was a lot of waste in a lot of those programs oh yeah too. yeah uh, well i mean the same thing not, applies not, here with this homeless I mean, money man I, I, i'm not interested in the department of commerce because it's actually fascism yeah because government's job is not to create jobs yeah government's job is to facilitate with transportation people's desired movements and if their desired movement is to go to this place over here to work there needs to be a street right that's government's job yeah and then and then government has to get out of the way right and (laughs) so the government regulations and taxation and you know revenues and so the department of commerce got really in bed with basically funding certain kinds of projects with different government grants. The problem is, is that what if you're in an industry and your competitor gets a grant that they only have to pay back part of, or maybe none of it at all, they get a grant from the Department of Commerce how do you compete with somebody that half of their overhead for the first year was covered? Exactly. So you can't. You can't. So it's it's fascism. It's government being involved in private business. But now they're in the business of not fascism, but straight up Marxism when it comes to providing housing benefits beyond. We're talking about beyond food stamps and the other housing benefits that the state government provides through the Health and Human Services Department. Oh, yeah. So now it's Department of Commerce stepping up saying, oh, we're going to spend 100 45 million dollars statewide for people that are unhoused yes exactly that's a lot of money mike yeah it is and you start looking at our state budget and where are they coming up with this money well it's covid money probably (laughs) yeah you bet and again you know i mean you know when we're talking about these incentive programs we're talking about all these grants and things millions and millions and millions of dollars folks it is really really tough at our level to to really grasp and be able to digest you know those dollar the, amounts. the enormity yeah. of those situations. So I'm going to bring it back down to our level and just talk to you a little bit here because you guys need to know this. I am really getting a bad, bad feeling about 2023. Okay. Stock market, financial markets, everything. It's going to really, really be a bad year next year. Well, and- you can't have a good year when your government has said, we're willing to spend $145 million, right? Yep. But if you start breaking it down and you look at it and, well, between all the welfare benefits, all of this and that, we're going to spend $145,000 
per homeless individual. That's right. In your region, that and that's a dollar number we can conceptualize. One hundred forty-five thousand sure, dollars. Sure. That's two to three, four times what your Spokane resident makes. Yep, absolutely, man. So on, on every this- drug addict. You bet. So, I mean, what I'm getting ready to report to you here, folks, is really going to hit home and hit home hard. And the reason why I'm saying that, again, you know, looking at the crystal ball next year, it's going to be bad. You definitely need to be holding on to your money, holding on to your assets and things to that effect. Don't go out and make... We don't actually look at crystal balls. We just look at trends. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Don't go out there and commit yourself to any major, major purchases next year until, you know, obviously you are like both Tim and I, and you got a finger on the pulse of, of the news feeds and what is going on in markets, et cetera. But here's your headline. And I know I've already reported at least the figure because it came out when we were doing a candidate update about a month ago. Mm-hmm. But here is what I wanted to convey to you folks. American families are going to have to spend an additional $11,500 just to get by this year due to inflation. Now, recent estimates from both members of the U.S. Congressional Joint Economic Committee and from NerdWallet indicated that the average American household is going to have to spend another $11,500 just to maintain the same standard of living as in previous years. Now, the price of eggs last month went up 45%. Gasoline was up 30%. Health insurance, 25%. Now, these are nationwide numbers. Yes, nationwide numbers. Groceries, up 15%. Plane tickets, 35%. And obviously, you know, gas has come down from what it peaked at, but it is still way the heck up there. It's still way up there, but gas always comes down in the wintertime. The first time I ever saw gas go up in the winter was when Biden became president. Yeah, you bet. It always goes, it goes down when demand goes down. You bet. Now, the Nerd Wallet organization is offering some different figures for different geographical locations here in the United States. So again, you know, some of those percentages I was giving you were nationwide percentages, but the same would apply in the state of New York, for instance. Annual cost uh, increase per household is estimated to be 8500 bucks not eleven thousand five wow in california it's going to be ninety five hundred bucks in colorado it is eleven thousand five hundred bucks increase in texas it's nine thousand dollars in florida it's ninety four hundred dollars and in arizona it's ten thousand two hundred dollars and they didn't and that's just to maintain the same lifestyle as you have now now they didn't put washington in there no the the reason why they didn't put in there is because you count can't calculate the kind of stupid we have in Washington because <laughs> we don't know how, how much that new gas tax is actually going to cost. Yeah. They, they still got to figure that out. Yeah, there, they there's, do. there's a whole bunch of taxes and fees that they don't know how much those increases are. And of course the Democrats still control the Washington legislature and they're going to get together here in about a month and a half, right? Or less than a month and a half, January's legislative session. And my guess is they are not going to diminish, you know, the taxpayer burden on Washington residents. There's a whole bunch of plans to raise taxes and grow government like they keep doing here in Washington. It's insane. Yep. The cost and the taxes, you start looking at the numbers. And I think you and I were talking about it just a couple of weeks ago that 
you know, when it comes to, you know, business friendliness and cost of living and all of that stuff, Washington is looking pretty close to the bottom of the 50 states. Yes, it is. It definitely is. And I do believe that I have seen some things on the news feed just in the last week that would kind of affirm that at this point. Now, I know we're getting short on time here, ladies and gentlemen. I needed to hit you with another piece of bad news. As you well know, the capital gains slash income tax here in Washington state already ruled by the IRS to be an income tax, even despite a district court judge's decision to to stay this particular effort, it did happen to go through the Washington State Supreme Court, and the State Supreme Court said that the state can now begin steps to collect the controversial capital gains tax here while the uh, district court judge over in Douglas County sits and frowns <laughs> at this point. Right, because the state, Cause they the state just Supreme said, Court no, just says, no, we're going to go ahead and tax yep, the citizens that's right. more. Now, that tax only applies to certain groups of people in very high-income situations. Right. Yes, it does. And yes, so does. expect your legislature to reduce that this year. <laughs> Since the, I think they're going to end up having to do something because at the end of the day, uh, no, if the IRS... I don't think they're going to reduce the the tax. I think they're going to reduce the dollar amount in which they start taxing. I think they're going to tax more people, Mike, not less. Yep. Yeah, they could very well. And historically, that's the way these kinds of taxes go. You know, they'll start out with one specific group and then it'll start trickling down. Tax the millionaires. How come I'm paying this tax and I'm not even making six figures? (laughs) No doubt about it. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, the fight is not over. I would imagine that this thing is now going to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. And if the U.S. Supreme court is looking at this like the irs looks at it then the u.s supreme court is probably going to say ah it's unconstitutional yeah hopefully and then where is that going to put those politicians here in washington state well we need the u.s supreme court to start talking about how much eastern washington doesn't want to be part of that cabal over on the west side you bet all of that being said mike and tim are out here today we'll be back at you in your face again tomorrow bye-bye